It's the time of year for displays of national pride, and it so happens that 2016 is the year for displays of state pride. It's been 200 years since Indiana's Constitution was first signed under an elm in Corridon, and the event's bicentennial has prompted a thorough excavation of the state's cultural legacy. The Indiana Historical Society chose to mark the occasion by releasing a new edition of The House of the Singing Winds, the 1966 account of the life and work of Theodore Clement Steele, one of Indiana's most renowned painters. The 50-year-old book was updated with color reproductions and an introduction and essay by Rachel Berenson Perry, who also curated an accompanying exhibition at the Historical Society. Indiana Impressions, the art of T.C. Steele, is the first solo show of Steele's work in an Indianapolis museum since 1926, the year of his death. Featuring rarely seen paintings from private collections, the show spans almost 50 years of T.C. Steele's work in landscape. Although portraits were Steele's bread and butter, painting outdoors was his passion. As it turns out, the curator's own outdoorsiness served as the bridge to her appreciation of art. The retired fine arts curator at the Indiana State Museum, Perry has written extensively about the state's painters from the 19th to the 21st centuries. Her career as one of the preeminent historians of Indiana art, however, started sort of by accident. Well, I lived in a house on T.C. Steele Road, about two and a half miles further south, and one day I was driving to my house and there was a giant tree across the county road. T.C. Steele Road is in Brown County, just south of the hamlet of Belmont. The road is named after Indiana's most famous painter and leads up to his house, which is now a historic site. Since the road to her house was blocked, Rachel took a detour through the site. And I started up the T.C. Steele driveway and there was a little man in a suit and he was standing next to the front gate. And he waved me down and asked me for a ride up to the house. And when he got in my truck, he said, oh, my name is Owen Glendening, and I'm the new curator of the T.C. Steele State Historic Site. And um, do you know anyone around here would like a job? Rachel was self-employed at the time. Her background was not in fine arts. You weren't an art historian to start with? Uh, no, I was shoeing horses at the time. A lifelong horsewoman, in 1985, Rachel was working as a professional farrier. And I thought, well, you know, horseshoeing gets pretty slow in the winter. It was November, and I thought, well, I could work here for a little while. So I got a job there as a maintenance person. And from raking leaves and shoveling snow, Rachel started inventorying Steele's books and handling his paintings. She rose up through the ranks at the site and eventually became the director of all 92 historic sites around the state. And that was all before the fine arts curator position and many books, articles, and exhibitions exploring Indiana art. But it was an organic transition, according to the self-professed nature lover, Working on the wooded grounds of the 200-acre property where Steele built his hilltop bungalow in 1907 connected her intimately with his landscape paintings. The accessibility of his paintings I loved, and I loved um, eventually when I became an assistant curator giving tours to people who just happened by because they could relate to those paintings easily because they could look out the window and see what T.C. Steele saw. For those visitors, the local landscape led to an appreciation of art. 
just as it had, quite literally, in Perry's case. Painting his native surroundings was key to Steele's enterprise, too. He and his artistic colleagues made a point of it, in fact. The Hoosier Group was recognized for being groundbreaking in their decision to come back and paint in Indiana after studying in Europe instead of going to the East Coast where name recognition would have been an easier road to hoe. In the current show of 43 steel paintings at the Indiana Historical Society, we see landscapes from every point in his career. I think we can probably walk to a painting maybe in the 1890s. We pause in front of an impressionistic landscape in pastel hues. For example, I mean, Morning by the Stream, 1892, so we're talking... A painting from this time period called The Bloom of the Grape was a prize winner in Paris. So this was obviously uh, something that was well-received. Winning prizes abroad and painting the portraits of every luminary in Indiana through the 1890s, Steele had to regroup by century's end. His first wife, Libby, died in... 1899, and they were real soulmates. So he was just living with Daisy, his daughter, and they decided to make this trip to California to see relatives. That was in the summer of 1902. He was just blown away by the difference in the atmosphere. And his paintings were so well received when he came back that he repeated the experience in 1903. The canvases from his summers out west are hung together in the Indianapolis show, and stand apart. Right here, oh, Puget Sound. Yeah, Yeah, these have an entirely different feeling where I wouldn't necessarily even be able to say, oh, that's a steel. Oh, that's a steel, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's as if someone had a giant breath and blew all the humidity (laughs) (laughs) off. They're so clear and sparkling. Everything's so clear. Yeah, they look almost. Once he came back, he felt that even though the paintings that he had done in Oregon and California were fabulous, that you really had to live and experience a place in all seasons and all different kinds of weather and different times of the day to really be able to paint that place well. So he didn't want to paint as a tourist, in other words. Yes, and he was, because he had grown up in Indiana, that was his main subject. One of my pet peeves is plein air painters who go on a trip, say, to Italy, And in their mind, they already associate Italy with the red-tiled roofs and the way the crops are planted and the formal gardens. And so that's what they paint. And when they come back and have a show, it all looks like postcards from Italy instead of their interpretation of what they really felt from the environment. But we get a glimpse of what T.C. Steele really felt in the paintings he made when he returned to Indiana after his West Coast forays. The widower, who was trying to find his path again, had set up a studio in Brookville, Indiana, with his colleague J. Otis Adams. In the Indianapolis show, we see several paintings he made on the banks of the Whitewater River during this period. The palette is rich, and the brushwork, spontaneous. Uh, I'm really drawn to these paintings more than the ones that are more distinct in their execution. Um, also, it's just, you can just see, he's, out, he's definitely outside because yeah. he's just responding and just dabbing the paint on him. And when you're painting, you really are closer to nature in a way because you're, you're really, really looking at it, looking at the way it fits together. Steele immersed himself even more deeply into studying the natural world when he moved from Brookville to Brown County, his home for the last two decades of his life, 
and the place with which he would be most readily identified. There are people who denigrate Steele's paintings from his Brown County years and don't feel that they're as good as some of the paintings he did earlier in his life. But to me, um, to me, they're, they're just fine. I mean, I think of it as his retirement. Mm-hmm. He came to Brown County and just wanted to paint what he wanted to paint doesn't necessarily feel that every painting has to be a masterpiece. He still had to make a living, but I do think he was pretty liberated in his attitude toward what people would buy. Sometimes he's attracted to something as simple as just the way the light is in the tops of the trees on an October morning, and that's what he tries to paint. Ironically, one of the show's real masterpieces is a souvenir from this arguably post-ambitious period, a view of his hilltop home and the distance beyond. So this is the House of the Singing Winds in Snow. It's probably early winter. There are still leaves on the trees in fall color, but there's snow on the ground. And the atmosphere and the distance is really wonderful. Convinced that a painter know and interpret a place in all seasons, Steele was equally game to tackle the atmospheric haze of a summer day. We turn to another late landscape. This one I chose because because it is so typical Brown County. You really do see that purple haze when you look out over the hills in the summer in Brown County, and this is this is a hot summer day. It doesn't appeal to some people who think that it's not saying anything. What it's saying is, here I am, and it's 90 degrees, and I wish I had some lemonade. (laughs) Selma, where's my lemonade? Selma? That's Selma Neubacher Steele, the artist's second wife. And she was really the person who made everything possible at the Brown County Place. She made it possible for him to kind of wander around and follow his muse while she was taking care of all the practical aspects like the buildings and gardens and driving the car because when they bought a car, he refused to drive. Just all the day-to-day practicalities of trying to live in Brown County. 25 years his junior, Selma outlived Steele by two decades. According to her wishes, their home was donated to the state when she died. It was first designated a memorial and ultimately a state historic site. Of course, T.C. Steele is the best known artist in Indiana. And one of the reasons is because the T.C. Steele state historic site exists. His wife Selma made all this possible and I really think we should all salute her as well. One day in early 1907, he said to me, well, Here's my proposal to you. Would you like to live in the middle of the wilderness and be my wife? Storyteller Luann Homan portrayed Selma Neubacher Steele for visitors to the site in June. I do not consider that romantic in any way. However, I did love him. And well, I said yes. He said, we'll build a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) I'd read books on people living on the prairie. We all had. I was a city girl. And when I got here, I realized 
There was nothing here. What would we do? Who would ever find us? We would never have company. Who would we talk to? Where would we buy supplies? But he wasn't worried about a single thing. I said yes. What was I thinking? The next morning before breakfast, because we were married in August and because you have to get up at four o'clock, of which I did not know that part. <laughs> he failed to inform me on the 4 a.m. rising time. Let's go for a walk before the 5 a.m. breakfast. Let's, I said. I could hear the wind singing. I could. We went for a walk. It was just early morning sunrise in August as we were coming back, and there was the cabin, and there it was, surrounded by the beauty of the land, and of course he must live here, for he felt as a painter, as a painter who wanted to paint the outdoors and the landscape, that he must live in the middle. Whatever art you do, he said, you must live in the middle. I think of that first morning in the house of the singing wind, that was pleasurable. The work came next, for he was the painter. I I'll be back later, he said, with canvases under his arm <laughs> and a horse to take him somewhere, leaving me with household chores, of which I did not know. I did not know cooking, and there was nowhere to shop and how to wash clothes. There was not enough water to ever wash clothes. We had to take them by carriage to Bloomington or Nashville just to have water to wash clothes. There were no vegetables, there were no eggs, there was no meat, there were no wheat. There was no one to visit. How will we ever live here? And he said to me, you'll manage. <laughs> and it's then I began to realize, not only was I now the wife of a painter who was gaining fame, it would fall upon my shoulders to be the protector of the painter. Luann Homan from Storytelling Arts of Indiana portrayed Selma Neubacher Steele in a program at the T.C. Steele State Historic Site in June. Selma recorded her memories of life with the painter in an essay included in the book The House of the Singing Winds, which has just been republished with an introduction and short biography of Selma by Rachel Perry. Indiana Impressions, The Art of T.C. Steele, is on view at the Indiana History Center until July 9th. For WFIU Arts, I'm Yael Cassander. <laughs>